You're listening to This Week in South Baltimore, brought to you by SouthBmore.com. All right, Kev, what is happening, man? How you doing? Hey, Nate, what's happening? Happy Purple Friday, first Ravens game coming up this Sunday, and happy birthday, Nathan. He had a birthday this past Monday, so... uh, Our best wishes are with Nate. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I appreciate that. It's weird having a birthday on Labor Day, but, you know, congratulations, everybody. You got the day off and honor my birthday. Enjoy. Yeah, the whole the whole country stopped to celebrate Nate Carper. What, what a day. <laughs> man, it's been a few weeks since we've been uh, we've been back here, and we haven't done a uh, This Week in South Baltimore in a while. We had some vacations, had some, had some time off, but, you know, the fall is almost here. As Kevin said, football's back in, and we got some sports and all kinds of stuff going on, and of course, a lot of news and a lot of events happen around South Baltimore, so let's get started, Kev, but um, first, the fact that here it is on 9-11-2020, we're recording this podcast today, a very somber day around the country, around the world. Kev, do you remember where you were on uh, 9-11 when it happened? Yeah, absolutely. I was attending Towson University. I remember when I woke up and my roommate told me the news, I thought he had to be kidding, and, uh, you know, going to Towson University, a school with a lot of New Yorkers, uh, even a lot of people from New Jersey whose parents and family members uh, work in Manhattan, just a, a very tough day for the Towson community, certainly the entire community around the country and around the world. And, uh, you know, especially, too, I was at that age, you know, I was 20 years old. So a lot of my peers who were in the military reserves, you know, a lot of people uh, joined the military to help get college paid for back then. So I, I knew it was going to affect a lot of my peers. And uh, so it was certainly a tough day for everybody. And uh, certainly, you know, the world was forever changed for uh, many years after that. And uh, here we are now. But certainly uh, my thoughts are with everybody who's still struggling with, you know, issues from 9-11 or have lost family members. And it's uh, certainly an important day in our country's history and uh, certainly a tough one. Yes, absolutely. And uh, that was well said. And uh, thank you for sharing that. And it's true. I was uh, I was a young 23 year old in working in Los Angeles at the time and, uh, you know, just on a business trip. And uh, same thing, I went out the night before and had a fantastic evening. My first time in Los Angeles and first time, you know, driving around and driving around the city and just having a good time taking in the sights and the of Hollywood and so forth. And then to wake up the next morning with somebody calling me saying, you know, turn on the TV to the world is in chaos and, and seeing the news and we were just glued to the TV all day. And, and I had to, I remember having to be there for, I think about three weeks before flights picked up back up again. And, mm. um, you know, it was just, I think everybody remembers where they were and, you know, definitely all the, everything that happened around that it's hard to imagine, but hopefully we can all, you know, use this as an event every year to at least bring us back together and remember where we were and, and how we don't ever want that to be something our kids have to deal with. Would love to transition into, uh, into better news, but first we are going to get our obligatory COVID-19 updates out of the way and let people know what's going on around the city for that. It is important to keep them updated on on the COVID news, but we'll get to the fun stuff in a few minutes. But Kev, can you update us on anything there around COVID? Yeah, I'd say there is some good news uh, surrounding COVID-19 when it comes to uh, Baltimore City and Maryland. Maryland now has hospitalizations at 358. That was a report from yesterday. We'll see what comes out today. And Patients in ICU is now under 100 at 92. So Maryland's once again making really good progress uh, against COVID-19. Looks like a vaccine may be coming this fall or or, or even before the end of the year. So that would certainly be positive as we want to see life get back to normal as much as possible. And uh, what Baltimore City is doing is uh, while the state has moved on to a phase 
three, which allows basically 75% at retail establishments. Baltimore is now in phase two, which allows our restaurants and retail and other type of events at 50% indoor capacity. And obviously, we've talked a lot about the expanded outdoor seating that a lot of restaurants have. So hopefully now with that 50% indoor capacity and that expanded outdoor seating, they can get back more towards their their business model. And then one other thing that I know has been very important to a lot of the bar owners I've talked to is there was a curfew of 10 p.m. where dining rooms had to be closed by 10 p.m. Now that curfew has been lifted. And I was talking to some bar owners, you know, you, you had some Capitals playoff games where they had to kick people out after the first or second quarter, third game of the year. Uh, the Chiefs come to Baltimore. That's a night football game. So if that curfew was still in place, you basically would have lost all of that business. So I know restaurants are really excited to get an increase in the capacity and then you get that curfew lifted. So uh, certainly a move in the right direction that that hopefully sticks. Hopefully we can move to that 75% capacity as things begin to progress. But uh, certainly a step in a, a good direction for our small business community. You know, one of the things that we love about our neighborhood is our businesses, our local businesses, and they are so awesome when it comes to being, uh, you know, creative and how they reapproach their business and how they adapt to COVID and and all the changes. And we're going to see some awesome changes come out of this. And I know you have a few really cool changes around the business world here in Sobo to share with us. Yeah, one of my favorite things of the past few months is just seeing how businesses kind of pivot and adapt to this new reality. You know, I just have so much respect for small business owners, and I I know the the day to day grind it is to own a business. So I just love seeing how everyone has handled this adversity. So uh, our first bit of news is Baba's Mediterranean Kitchen is now uh, Mediterranean Market. They have taken their dining room and they've taken out the tables, and they're they're making it more of a Mediterranean market concept, uh, owner Freed Saloon. Uh, he's a big fan of Di Pasquale's, which uh, does an Italian marketplace. So he wanted to do a more Mediterranean version of this where you can get some of their items like their hummus and their falafel and their baba ganoush and olives. And then a lot of other items like produce and eggs and cheeses and lunch meat. So you'll be able to pick those things up on the new shelves at Baba's Mediterranean market. But don't worry, you'll still be able to get all your favorite dishes to go. And they're thinking about maybe adding back outdoor seating. They're not sure about that yet, but certainly a, you know, a change at Baba's where you can get some of their favorite items to, to bring it home, to keep in your freezer. They said they did really well with kind of like a produce in a bag program. This was one of their motivations to do this. Uh, Freed was telling me this is a concept he's always wanted to do. Maybe thought it'd be kind of a second business concept, but said he's getting a little bit older and doesn't have the energy for two businesses right now. So he's kind of bringing this idea to his location at 745 East Ford Avenue there in Riverside. So uh, make sure to check out the new Babas. They were a uh, four-time winner in our South Beemore's Best competition we did, and we only did it for two years. So they they racked up uh, two, two victories at each year for two years. So uh, people love Baba's and I think they're going to probably love the changes they're doing there. And then another pivot we saw is um, Moo Moo Cows has opened at 926 Light Street. This first floor space was uh, formerly the home of Marcus Boyd Realty. Marcus Boyd Realty is still open. They're in a different section of the building. But now you have Moo Moo Cows is open. They have a lot of different flavors of of scooped ice cream sundaes and uh, different milkshakes. So another ice cream option will we'll now have Four ice cream shops in Federal Hill as the Charmery is already open. Be More Licks is opening right across the street on Light Street. And then you have Taharka Brothers, which is coming to Cross Street Market. So uh, hope everybody loves ice cream because we're going to have a lot of really good ice cream in Federal Hill. We'll all be willing judges in that competition, that's for sure. So another new business coming to Cross Street Market as they begin to fill up that space after its 
redevelopment. They now have just two spaces left to lease as Crep Crazy is the newest business coming to Cross Street Market. This is a, a cool story. It's a, it's a deaf-owned business, uh, two immigrants that came to the United States from the former Soviet Union, Vladimir and Ina Gitterman. Uh, they started their business in the Austin, Texas area where they have a, a couple other restaurants and uh, they're bringing this concept to Cross Street Market. It's going to be owned by the franchise owners of Ruslan and Betsy Kulikov. So th this is a cool business. They like to hire people who are deaf, uh, get them employed, and then they have some really tasty looking crepes and sandwiches. So this will be coming to Cross Street Market. So uh, not only can you have a, a, a nice lunch or dinner, but you can support a cool mission at the same time. Another cool story, uh, Berg Brothers Recycling, which has a, uh, a big facility in Carroll Camden, 1401 West Hamburg Street. The owner, Adam Berg, was uh, walking around and saw some kind of graffiti artists looking, looking for potential places for murals, uh, you know, to, to find some owners they could kind of partner with and, and put some of their artwork up. And these guys like to re remain a little bit of an anonymous, but uh, he partnered with these graffiti artists and they put some really cool murals uh, wrapping his campus down there in Carroll Camden. They also put a, a mural on one of his other buildings he has adjacent to there. And then they found another little wall on uh, Elka Dredges to put another one of their murals. So really cool artwork down there in, in Carroll Camden that, that people can go and check out. And, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed following these industrial businesses in, in Carroll Camden as I've, as I've run SouthBeamer.com. Sometimes industrial maybe isn't the most exciting thing for people to see or talk about or, or go check out. But there's really a lot of business owners down in Carroll Camden that are really passionate about, about what they do. They're passionate about improving the appearance of that area and, and uh, getting some cool businesses in there. So I've loved meeting some of the people involved in industrial Baltimore down there. It's, it's just cool to see the behind the scenes. And here's a cool example of an owner that, that wants his uh, property to look as good as possible and found a really cool partnership. And these, these artists are, say they're going to come back every year and redo the murals. So it could be a, a good thing to check out on a bike ride or a walk or a drive to uh, check out this new artwork. And then an interesting pivot here to Breezy's, which has become one of the most popular wedding venues here in South Baltimore. They have that beautiful building right there on, on Harbor View, which just has those great views overlooking the marina and the inner harbor. Now, this first opened in 2007 just as a restaurant. And then they expanded in 2010, where they had this big new wedding venue on the second floor. And eventually weddings and, and corporate parties got so busy that it was just too hard to run their kitchen for a restaurant and these big plate events they had going on. But now, you know, unfortunately, weddings really aren't happening right now uh, with, with COVID-19 going on. So uh, the owner, Michael Tabrizi's, he's pivoting and they're going to they're going to reopen the restaurant. The, the restaurant is open uh, each day for dinner. You know, they do uh, carry out and you can come in there and uh, enjoy a meal in their dining room or on their uh, their big patio they have down there. So uh, so I, I know he was really encouraged by the Harborview community. They wanted uh, they wanted a place they could walk and have dinner right right in their own community. And it's a good a good fit because Deep Pasquale's is open for breakfast and lunch each day. And then you can go to Tabrizi's for dinner. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Michael was telling me he anticipates a, a really big 2021 for weddings. He thinks it could almost be kind of double the business of uh, previous year. But, you know, he's also excited about getting the restaurant open and he hopes to, to find a formula where he can at least have um, the outdoor patio and restaurant open year round while the weddings are going on. So you can give that amenity for the neighborhood, a place to have dinner, have drinks, but you can also have the, the wedding venue at the same time. So uh, Michael's been in the neighborhood since 1990. He's constantly evolved in the way he's doing his business. And uh, here's another evolution and uh, definitely go down there and uh, 
get a nice drink on the waterfront. And then uh, a, a cool uh, concept here, Sobo Cafe, uh, looking to uh, drum up a little bit of extra business here during this this pandemic. So they they launched a concept called Foul Play Wraps. So these are these uh, chicken wraps. You can get them in buffalo or barbecue, Asian-inspired, Greek-inspired, a, a nuclear wrap, which is really spicy. They have a, a vegan version. So they, they launched this wrap concept, which um, you can either get it to go from Sobo Cafe or it's available delivery through Grubhub. So this, this concept is run out of their kitchen. So it's kind of like a, a satellite business run through Sobo Cafe. They, they, they came up with this wrap concept. They say they're super delicious. So uh, um, definitely uh, check out their, their chicken wraps, a cool way to you know, kind of evolve in what you're doing. Uh, owner Anna Leventis is certainly a great entrepreneur. She has Anula's Greek Kitchen and Cross Street Market. She has Sobo Market. Sobo Cafe is always one of the most beloved restaurants in South Baltimore. So just uh, constantly working hard, coming up with new ideas and uh, is doing it again. And another cool story we touched on in a previous podcast, Tiny Brick Oven uh, reached out for their customers for some help. They were Their business has struggled during COVID-19. Uh, they had a big electric bill due. They reached out to their their customers and supporters on social media. Hey, come in and, and buy some pizzas, uh, help us out. This led to a really cool pay it forward program where they sold you know, almost 200 of these pay it forward pizzas. And what, what owner Will Fag is doing is he's having a pizza kitchen for the homeless this Monday, a very cool event from 48 PM. They're taking all these pay it forward pizzas and they're going to serve the homeless. So uh, a really cool event where it's people helping people, helping people, people wanted to come in and help Will's business. Then they had this idea to, to help the homeless. So, so now, uh, just a, a great event. Uh, anybody that knows me knows my affinity for pizza. So really cool for uh, some of the hungry and needy in this area to get some really good pizza this Monday. That, that should be an awesome event. Some tough news for Under Armour. They are continually restructuring their company. And obviously, uh, COVID-19 has been tough for a business like Under Armour that has a big retail presence. So unfortunately, they're going to be uh, laying off 600 employees. They have a global workforce of over 12,000. So they haven't quite said yet how Baltimore might be impacted by that. But uh, unfortunately, another round of layoffs there for Under Armour. They've done this several times over the last few years as they're restructuring their company to get it more financially sound. But uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, certainly, Under Armour is a, a big part of South Baltimore, and uh, everything they do has an effect on you know a lot of, a lot of things in South Baltimore. You said that's globally, right? Yeah, it's globally. Uh, you know, typically when they've done these layoffs, the the effect on South Baltimore hasn't been huge. But you know, you never know. You never know what what parts of their company those those layoffs will affect. And uh, you know, if it's if it's just a few jobs and South Baltimore lost, our thoughts are certainly with the the people who lose those jobs. But uh, you know, we will see. But uh, you know, I know Under Armour is a scrappy company that that's fighting hard to uh, to do as well as they can, and I know they'll work hard to come back strong out of all this as well as they can. So we also have some developments in the world of real estate around South Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the Baltimore Development Corporation is offering up a unique development opportunity here in Pigtown, right on Pigtown Main Street, Washington Boulevard. The Pigtown Library is uh, offered for up for developers for a mixed use development. So essentially what the city is looking for is somebody to come in and build a mixed use building. This could be apartments, this could be commercial, this could be office space. But uh, part of the caveat is they want a new 3,600 square foot, minimum 3,600 square foot library for Pigtown to go in there. So, so cool opportunity. This is a, you know, a big lot 
And uh, there's not a lot of development opportunities in Pigtown. Unfortunately, you know, there's it's just a neighborhood that's a lot of row houses and there's not a ton of development opportunities. So here's a unique one where somebody could come in and build like an apartment building or an office building right on Main Street, which could really help fuel some of that retail growth you're seeing there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to see some of these investments right there on Main Street in Pigtown. You have the uh, Groundwork Kitchen, a multi-million dollar culinary training center and restaurant that's coming to Washington Boulevard there. You have Bathhouse Square, which was a apartment complex that's bringing Milk and Honey Market, which is a coffee shop and cafe. Then you have the uh, the former St. Paul Church, which has Mobtown Ballroom, but a new development team is coming in and taking the old school there and turning that into apartments. So really, you're seeing a lot of nice multi-million dollar investments right there on Pigtown Main Street, which is which is great to see as that that neighborhood looks to uh, to improve and, and you know and diversify you know the assets it has as far as retail and commercial and apartments. So. Really cool news there. Uh, Stadium Square, just a little bit east of Pigtown, uh, they have that big 72,000 square foot office building, which is now at about 80% leased. Uh, they just got a new lease with Forward PMX. That's a 3,945 square foot lease. So they're working hard to get that building that was built a few years ago, fully leased. And the, they're working with Newman Knight Frank to, to get that done. As soon as Stadium Square can get that building leased, they have a couple other office buildings they're looking to build in that, you know, in those couple blocks there. So Stadium Square, it's got, you know, apartment building that's been built already, that that office building, they're looking to build another apartment building here this coming spring and those couple new office buildings. So that's a 300 million plus uh, million dollar project that, that's moving along there in South Baltimore slash Sharp Leadenhall. So uh, that's moving along. And, you know, it certainly can be a tough time for leasing, but we're, we're seeing a lot of a lot of movement here in the, the local commercial market. And then uh, very exciting project down in Cherry Hill, Reedbird Park, which is a former landfill, which, uh, you know, currently has, you know, a basketball court and some tennis courts and a playground, but really a lot of space that isn't utilized as well as it can. So now there's this big plan by Baltimore City Recreation and Parks to redevelop this park into not only a great asset for Cherry Hill and the adjacent South Baltimore communities, but they wanted this to be kind of a regional park where you can host a, a soccer tournament or a lacrosse tournament or bring in some cool events. So this is getting started as the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation is partnering with Baltimore City Recreation and Parks and their sponsors to build one of their uh, very cool multi-use turf fields there, which will be right along Hanover Street there that you'll be able to see from the highway. So that it's going to be this, this cool new field that's going to have turf, it's going to have lights, it's going to have some, some seating so they can go there and, you know, really have that all weather surface that you, you can use at all times. You know, part of the redevelopment of the park, there's going to be three additional fields that people can use. And then something big and exciting is the 35,000 square foot middle branch fitness and wellness center. This is going to have basketball courts, it's going to have pools, it's going to have a gym, it's going to have community spaces. So that's expected to break ground this fall. That's a project uh, by Baltimore City Recreation and Parks. And certainly the new field is BGE Field presented by Kelly. So there's some sponsors on that. The South Baltimore Gateway Partnership is donating a lot of money to all these projects. South Baltimore Gateway Partnership manages the Casino grants for South Baltimore uh, generated by Maryland Casinos. So they're really excited about this project. So really uh, taking an old landfill and turning it into this regional sports park. So a uh, very exciting project to uh, to keep an eye on. And then in Port Covington, um, as, that, as that project is uh, really going to be a big story for the next few decades, they're on a little bit of pause right now with infrastructure, which is expected to kick back up here in the next couple of months or weeks. But, you know, we've seen um, quite a few buildings in planning already with with Port Covington. They've got a 
you know, this Rye Street Market complex plan, which will have a, a public market and some office buildings, a couple of a couple other apartment buildings. They have a hotel plan. They're, they're looking to lower a grocery store. So now they're partnering with this company, Alexandria Real Estate Equities, which is based in Pasadena, California, on a, a project. It's going to be a six-story, 169,812 square foot lab manufacturing office building. So this is cool. I guess you're seeing in a lot of developments, what you see is you'll, you'll see developers kind of build their own buildings and then they'll partner with other companies kind of on pad site development where you'll kind of sell a lot to somebody else where they'll bring in their vision and, and, and do their building. So very cool. It's not unlike what we've seen at Stadium Square. So uh, Port Covington really showing their, their first partnership with another development company on a building. And, you know, it's exciting to think of, uh, you know, the vision the Port Covington development team will have, and then they can partner with some of these other businesses like Alexandria, who's done a lot of cool work, they say, in the uh, health sciences field. So, um, so yeah, very exciting to see that project moving along. And I think probably a year from now, it might just be Crane City down there in, in Port Covington, as you'll see, probably four to five to six buildings under construction. So that'll be quite the site from uh, Hanover Street or, or I-95. Kev, thank you for the real estate development update. Appreciate that, of course. And, you know, it's hard to believe that, like you said at the top of the show here, it's Purple Friday and the Ravens are going to be back on Sunday. And the fact that football's back in general, you know, makes things feel kind of normal. Also gets me excited for the fall. So I know you got some updates on the sports going on around town. Yeah, I hope everybody's enjoying the, the return to sports. So, yeah, the Ravens get started this 1 p.m. versus the Browns. Ravens with a 14-2 and regular season last year. So they hope to pick up right where they left off in the regular season. And uh, the Browns, always a, a good rivalry there, a, a young team as well, just like the Ravens. So we'll see what happens in that game. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you won't be able to go to the game, but, you know, you can purchase a cutout of yourself to be at the game and uh, hopefully create some some environment there. But we'll, we'll see how that evolves throughout the season. You know, if you watch the, the Chiefs-Texans game there, they had uh, some people in the stands, not a full capacity, but certainly a fraction of it. So we'll see how that evolves. But uh, it'll be uh, probably the most interesting Ravens home game since I've lived in South Baltimore, as uh, there'll be a game going on. And we'll see, you know, I think some bars will put some TVs outside and we'll see if any of the tailgate parties still happen. But it'll certainly be a very interesting game day environment. But, uh, you know, for Ravens fans, uh, get ready to cheer the team on. And uh, hopefully, you know, this team has Super Bowl type expectations. So we'll, we'll see what they can do. Obviously, the playoffs will be uh, the playoffs will, will determine really how successful this season is. But I know people are excited to, to get back at it. And uh, I always say as a longtime Baltimore sports fan, if you can still care about the Orioles when the Raven season starts, you're having a good year. And, and obviously, this has been a, a very interesting and delayed baseball season, but the, the Orioles are uh, just one and a half games out of the uh, the playoffs right now. They start a four game series tonight with the with the Yankees, who is one and a half games ahead of them. So really could be a pivotal series here. And, you know, it's been an exciting team to watch. You're seeing some some young players like Cedric Mullins and DJ Stewart and Ryan Mountcastle, some guys that, uh, you know, didn't contribute much to the team in years past. Ryan Mountcastle, this is his rookie year, who are, are making big contributions. And uh, we've seen some young pitchers in recent weeks. So Really an exciting time for uh, local sports, other than the fact that it's uh, it's all on your television. Right. Very <laughs> That's true. Yep. 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 One thing I'm curious about, Kev, is you mentioned you can buy a cutout of yourself for the uh, the Ravens game. I'm curious how that do you know anything about how that works or if people wanted to do that? That seems interesting, I guess, how that would even happen. Yeah. So you, you contact the Ravens and, you know, you know, I believe that the price was you know, around 45 to $55, depending on if you're a, a PSL holder. And essentially you, you upload a picture of yourself and your Ravens gear and kind of the, the framing they want. And they would, uh, you know, 
produce a cardboard cutout of yourself to put in the seats. And if you've looked around some different stadiums like like Dodger Stadium, the Orioles just played at City Field, great company there in um, in New York. They did a really good job with putting cardboard cutouts throughout their stadium. So it, it's interesting, you know. It, it gives it an interesting look for sure. Probably looks better than than empty seats. But uh, you know, we'll see how it looks at the Ravens' first game. Awesome. So we got that to look forward to. And now, everybody, we're going to start a new little segment here on this week in South Baltimore that we like to call great plates of late around South Baltimore. You know, we're going to share just some some cool meals or just, you know, maybe it's a cool unique beverage or something, some kind of cool eats that we've had around town. So, um, you know, we talked earlier about uh, Anna and what she does at Sobo Cafe and Sobo Market. And, um, you know, one thing I, I think that is very underrated, Kev, is the burger at Sobo Market. I mean, I shouldn't say it's underrated. I'm sure it's very highly rated, but in terms of when you think about great burgers around South Baltimore, I think that's one of the best burgers I've ever had anywhere. So I don't know if you've ever had it there, man, but it's it's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love a good burger and I love just about everything from Sobo Cafe. So I, I, I got to try that out. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're knocking it out of the park. Yeah. How about you? Any any uh, great plates of late for you around town? Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, excited to finally get out and about a little bit in, in South Baltimore, which, you know, gosh, one of the great parts of living here is all the all the good food. So uh I was lucky to get a, a date night with my wife Christine. We went, we got a, a plate of carbonara and a margarita pie from Hershey's, which was fantastic. I got a, a pizza recently from Barflies. I'm a big pizza fan, and both those pizzas were just tremendous. I uh, got an awesome fried chicken sandwich from Outpost, which was was really good. We got that carryout one night, and uh, was excited to try the new pit beef stall at Cross Street Market. Uh, Baltimore loves its loves its pit beef, and I don't think you'll be disappointed at all with Bullhead. Very good, and. Uh, Got a very tasty uh, snowball from Ice Queens, a very unique uh, New Orleans style shaved ice they're doing. So really good. Uh, just so excited to be getting out more and more in South Baltimore, supporting local businesses and uh, and eating good food and coming up with ideas for for what I'm cooking at home. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm right there with you, my wife and I and the kids. You know, one of the things that, that attracted us to this neighborhood is the fact that you can walk around, eat and drink your way around town and never have the same thing twice. And uh, it's just amazing. So that's one of the great benefits of living in South Baltimore is our great food and great businesses and all that. And we do want to also open up this podcast. If you ever have questions out there, questions you'd like us to address or uh, any insight you may have or anything you want to share, any feedback, things like that, you know, we'll bring it up on the show here. Certainly uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter or Facebook or email. Uh, let us know if there's any topics you want us to uh, dive into here on the podcast or on the site. We'd love to, to know what you're interested in and uh, hope to solve those curiosities for you. All right, Kev, I think that's a wrap for this week in South Baltimore. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Don't hesitate to reach out to me if, you, uh, if you're looking to advertise for any businesses or events or things going on. Uh, we'd love to have your support of our website. Hopefully everybody has a, uh, a great week. Uh, enjoy Ravens football. Enjoy the Orioles. Enjoy South Baltimore living. And uh, thanks for listening. You're listening to This Week in South Baltimore, brought to you by SouthBeanMore.com.